Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hey guys, this is an episode I've been dying to do for a while now. Emily and I have been on this personal journey of trying to figure our shit out. <laughs> and, and a lot of it has to do with refiguring out what our role is in our own company, which sounds bizarre, but honestly has been a topic of conversation for at least six months where we are trying to decide what a CEO is really supposed to be doing. And so I want to start this with talking about kind of why it started coming up for us and and why we started thinking about this. And for you, regardless of where you are in your business, I want you to know that this isn't even necessarily where we are at. It's just like... Hashtag goals. Like we, <laughs> what we're ultimately hoping to be within inside of our own company. And then a little bit about what other people are saying happens if you ignore this role and pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. I think no matter where you're at in your business, it'll be helpful to kind of hear this hashing out of thoughts because I think for so many people, you know, we start as the one woman show. And even if you don't want a giant team, even if you don't consider yourself CEO, even if, even if, right, if you add on to your team at all or outsource at all, parts of these thoughts will come up for you. And a lot of you listening are like, yeah, there's some shit I'm still doing that I don't want to be doing, but you can't really imagine your day not doing those things. So just come with us on this journey, no matter where you're at. Yeah. Right? So why it started to come up was at some point last year, our team exploded and we were on a hiring frenzy. And specifically for me, things started personally kind of haunting me in a way when I had given up a lot of my personal roles in the company up until... I mean, fairly recently, I was doing all of the graphics, I was doing a lot of the technical setup, I was 
I mean, I was just handling a lot, managing our team, all of these things. And last year's mission, I feel like, was outsourcing, but also trying to make ourselves as obsolete as possible. Like, we want the business to be growing and running like nearly where we barely need to be involved. I mean, obviously, we want to run our own company and we want to grow and support our community, but we also want to grow and not work as hard. So, what does that mean? Well, and like, I want to reframe the not be as involved. It was getting to the point where us even being able to like handle a customer service thing where we needed to step in or engage with people in the group or chat with people on Instagram or do the things that we have loved doing for so long. It started getting to where we couldn't even do that because we were so busy doing everything else. And so it was more like, okay, if we're the faces of TCC and we are engaging or needing to engage with our community in order to sell our shit, like we need to have time yeah. to do that. We were so busy working inside the business on little nitty gritty details that most of you don't see or you would have no way of knowing we touch them. It wasn't being the best versions of ourselves for our audience or for our team. And so I started asking the question to Emily and she was like, I don't know. But I was like, okay, legitimately... Like I know CEOs are a title and at some point last year we decided we'd call ourselves that. But like, what does that really mean? Like, what is that person in a business supposed to be doing? Because there's other parts of business and even working in corporate, like I had a pretty strong understanding of like what the head of marketing would do or the CFO or someone who was in charge of operations, like all of those things made tangible sense to me. Like I could say, this person does XYZ and here's why and here's how it benefits the company. But all of a sudden you say CEO and I'm like, I know they add value to the business. But for the most part, the people I had seen as CEO were rather absent. And I know they affected how the business ran, but I was so not involved with their day-to-day presence that I felt like I had no example of what I was supposed to be doing with my extra time. Well, and I think it's still interesting in the sense of like, we say CEO without like anything before that. But if like, really, you break it down, I I think there are different types of CEO roles, depending on the type of business and company that you have. And ours being, you know, a creative business where it's still relatively small and it's online and we work from home is completely different than if we were to have like headquarters, like an actual building and like different offices or whatever. If, if our, if we were an agency format or, you know, whatever that may be, I think it's really confusing to start to identify this role when you, the CEO, might also still be head of marketing, or you might also still be, you know, the person setting up a webinar, or you might also still be your only copywriter, or whatever that may be. And it's either that by choice, or just by circumstances, budget, maybe you can't afford someone to play that role. Or maybe like us, there are a couple of roles that we've tried to outsource that we haven't liked the results. So we've taken that back on as our responsibility. And so it's like, what hat am I playing today? Am I director of marketing? And that's the type of meeting we're having? Or are we having a CEO meeting? And so I think it's not as quite fluid as it might be for a really well, big company. I mean, yes, but like the issues you have are just so different. So I mean, 
it, yeah. it really came down to as goofy as this sounds. It was like, okay, the dirty work, essentially, I had, I had someone else doing it. And not that I wasn't doing uh, things, but like, I was approving things. I was just seeing them in their last state before they went out. And I started to feel disconnected. And I was like, literally... I don't understand what my day-to-day is supposed to look like anymore. And so this inspired us Mm -hmm. to ask in a couple of Facebook groups we're in what other people thought we should be doing. And so I kind of want to dive into a few things they said and then what we think about those things and how they've affected us. Well, and I really, yeah, I also really want to give a breakdown of what our roles were prior and what they're shifting into now, like literally mm-hmm. what we do and what we don't do, because I think that that's important for other businesses well, to kind first. of So see. talk about your previous role and what you're doing now. Yeah. So if, I mean, if we remember like all the way back at the beginning, right, where Abby and I were doing everything, I think to remind everybody that we did not bring someone on at all into our team until over a year into business. And that first person was a copy editor. She edited our blog post and like helped grammar and spelling and all format and all of that. And we would format that on Squarespace, make the graphics, publish it, market it, et cetera, right? She was our only person for a while. And then we expanded a little bit and brought on our blog coordinator. And so she kind of took over the formatting process, the posting and the scheduling. Then we expanded a little bit and brought on someone for customer service. So we could not, like there was a make or break point where I was like, we cannot be in our inbox anymore. It's taking up way too much of our time where we're not able to do other stuff. And it's like, it's hurting us because we are the like seeing the ick sometimes. And as the business owners being the one to make the strategic decisions, like some, like you have to recognize if you can handle that or not. So then we lived in that space for a while with just kind of that core team. And you guys know we like outsource for our podcast editing. That was not even a question to have someone else do that. But the roles that kind of like we brought on to really transition what Abby and I were doing on the day-to-day were a graphics person and a director of operations. And so prior to bringing on those two people, Abby, like she said, was doing all of the graphics. If there was a PDF needed for a download, she was stopping and making it. We would brainstorm together what it would look like, what it's called, do we have something we can kind of use as a framework? And then she would pop up in InDesign and spend the day making it. If we needed to make a new sales page, which is something that you still do, if we need it, she was designing it completely in Squarespace and making it, spending weeks on that. If we were going to launch something new and we needed an entire new like email campaign for that, we were kind of outlining, okay, what are our goals for this together? And then I would hold myself away and write the entire thing. I stopped taking pictures really early on. So I think it transitioned to we were doing a lot of like tech setup, community involvement, graphics, copywriting, strategic thinking. We still had a little bit more hand in the podcast guest people coming on and arranging guests and vetting them and a little more of a hand in the blog content. Like what's going out? When are we recycling posts? Are we making something new? Is someone else writing that? So I think ultimately we had to decide like we need to step out of some of those things because it's not affecting our sales or our list growth. And so once we established that those were the kind of the like parameters for our decision making, it helped us a just cut stuff, but it also kind of helped shift. Okay, well, what, what do we do then? 
when if we were able to free up that time. So outside of what we're about to discuss of what people suggested for us to do right now, I still do 100% of our copywriting. Abby still is is like the data person in the sense where we like outsource our bookkeeping, which is amazing. We outsource our accounting, which is amazing. But she's the person that interprets the data from a launch or some sort of marketing effort or whatever. And then we collectively have a conversation on those results and strategically think, okay, what changes need to be made because of what that data is telling us? You stepped away from the managing of the the team itself. And now our director of operations does that. So Um, I still step in occasionally with some sales page stuff. I manage our Facebook ads. Um, Emily will format them and get them all like prepped and ready. But I manage like our day to day budget and ad spend. And then I spend probably the most time in our finances. And it it stopped being the point where like, I was literally Mm -hmm. paying all the bills and making sure Emily and I got paid. But I kind of stepped away from that a bit. But I'm still monitoring like, are we paying for systems we don't need? Like, where is our money going? How is it coming in? And really assessing what is working and what's not. And it was hard because so much of that went from very tangible, like you can see the effort I'm putting in to all of a sudden, the things I am doing, like a lot of it's in my head. (laughs) A lot of it comes out in meetings or in reporting, but that's it. And so like, it's, it doesn't feel like a lot in comparison because I was so used to for so long doing hashtag all the things. Well, and like all of our slides, for example, or like graphics to post, right? Days. Like that would take me Mm -hmm. days, if not a week or more, because even if we had the whole thing planned out, Emily and I had gotten into this groove of, I swear to you, it was like somewhere between like sign language and telepathy. Like we would have the vaguest notes ever. And then I just knew what I needed to do. And so really reinterpreting how to communicate what we wanted to other people who aren't in our own heads was hard. And so something that might have taken me a couple of days, like now all of a sudden I'm doing four or five revisions and giving feedback and boxing and communicating that I wasn't doing before because I could just... I just knew (laughs) what was happening, but I knew there had to be something bigger than that. Like I felt like Emily had a lot of, she still had a lot of tangible, like things you could see that were happening. So she does primarily the majority of our writing at this point, if not all of it. And you see those words, they go places. And so I was, I'm not that she wasn't, but I think she was more okay with not knowing than I was. And so knowing what I was supposed to be doing with my free time, you're like, oh, well, I'll just take my free time. Uh, I mean, yes and no. Like, I think because when we were trying to find the answer to that, we were still in the middle of a launch and about to like launch. And so I'm like, yes, I want to know that. But I know I'm going to be writing 17 emails and I'm going to be setting this up and I'm going to be doing this. So like, I'm busy. I'm good. But like, especially now we're working on setting up a lot of like automation stuff, whether, whether it's evergreen or not is not what I'm trying to say, but just like where we're rinse and repeating pretty much the same thing with just a couple of tweaks instead of like rewriting entire email campaigns. Like people are just like moving in and out of, of different funnels, setting that up like was a beast obviously, but I'm like getting to the point where it's like, okay, 
if I ever need to to write something, it's just going to be a blitz here or there. So now it's like, okay, now what do I do? Right. No, for sure. So I think I was a little sad at first. I'm probably still in mourning the old role I used to have. It's hard to let go. It's hard to make changes. It's hard to have something that's really important to you all of a sudden not be something you touch. But so here's some of the things that other people told us that they thought we should focus on or a CEO Mm -hmm. in general. This applies to all of you, not just us. So Katie talked about that a business owner should look at reporting, set the parameters for like strategy and planning ahead, looking at the quarter and mapping out the year. Well, and specifically for this example, she's saying this person that she knows has a CEO day once a month. So once a month, she's making... And and I think this is kind of what I like, like where my headspace is at, because like I said, I'm still, you know, head of writing or like, we're both still head of marketing. We're both still XYZ, right? And those roles kind of intermingle throughout our days and our weeks. But a CEO day makes a lot of sense to me. Right. And so I think we had pretty much already implemented this when she said that like we have very structured planning sessions for our year for our months i'm also realizing it's the end of the month and we need to talk about february i literally just thought it was like oh (laughs) (laughs) and we do monthly check-ins with each other to go over our numbers we we meet we have a a meeting every week with our director of operations to like What happened last week? What's happening this week? Where's everyone at? Yeah. So I was like, okay, check. Check. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So the next thing that came up was from Donna. And she talked about being the holder and the communicator of the vision and direction of the organization. The coach mentor for the team. And... Well, that specifically says for each team member. Mm-hmm. And that I don't agree with. <laughs> well, and see, here's the thing: we we were doing that. Well, I I specifically was doing. You that. were doing. That. I I don't. Know. It was never discussed. It was just assumed. <laughs> it was one of our like non communication communications. Yeah. So I was managing our team, and I got hurt. Which go listen to another podcast, hear more about that story. But I just didn't have the capacity or the mindset or the ability to handle everything that was coming at me anymore. And it's a full time job. Like, there is enough people on our team, there is enough happening that's not the two of us that needs to be talked about, managed, discussed, decisions need to be made. And we decided... I mean, I don't know if it was out of necessity or out of like desperateness, but it was going well. And then all of a sudden it was awful. Like it just like exploded. Yeah. Well, and I think we decided after it kind of failed that we not only are we not really good at managing that many people, but we don't want to. No, right. We just acknowledge that we don't, don't want to. have to. Exactly. So we ended up hiring our director of operations to specifically We focus. ended up hiring a director of operations. That didn't go well the first time. fucking sucked. <laughs> and so we got someone better. And that's who we have now. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> we... <laughs> it, it is hard. Hiring is so hard. So but hard. hiring... 
hiring the right person is amazing. And so I can tell you right now, the thing that I am worst at is hiring. Oh, yes. 100%. We have relied on a lot of other people's opinions to make opin- or to make decisions in our own business in regards to hiring. And some of them have worked out beautifully. And some of them have been total flops. And that's fine. We learned from them and moved on. But specifically having someone in the role of being the primary communication source for our team has been huge. It was a hard transition because we had let our team get really close to us. And so some of them were our good friends. And although that was amazing, it led to some awkward happenings. (laughs) And we needed to be set up in our own business as decision makers and as leaders and almost untouchable, which sounds kind of weird, but like we hired someone after we had this person in place and her view of us is so drastically different than the rest of our team that I, I will I never, ever, ever, ever. And, and so to explain that a little bit further, after we had our director of operations, we brought a new member of our team who was taking over graphics and customer service. And we basically had our director of operations vet her, interview her, to create her onboarding process, do her testing phase, everything. She was her first point of contact at, like the whole time and is still her first point of contact if she has any questions ever. And she's met with us a handful of times. Like we've met collectively as a core team like twice and it's magic. It's more than fine. It's magic. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I mean, I personally would love more touch points with our team, but I know for the health of our company that I need to stay out of it. I tend to be a micromanager. And so having someone else in place to handle that that isn't as close to it has been really helpful because the good is good enough thing has worked out more times than not for us. And before it was like, literally, I would get back slides and I'm like, okay, this quote slide is fine, like visually fine. I think it could be and I like heard myself say in my head, it could pop a little more. And I was like, oh my God, I'm turning into my old worst boss ever. You're like worst client. Like, can you just make I'm it I'm just like, no. So like, if it's not going to change the profitability of my company, I have to learn to not focus on it. So that said, I do think we made a shift on communicating the vision and direction of our company though. Because before, Emily and I did all the strategy, and then we just told people like the tiny version of the story that they needed to know so that they could do a job. And what we realized is it led to a bunch of people feeling disconnected and like they weren't having an impact. And being in the creative space, like your people, like regardless of how much they're working for you, they want to feel like they're making a difference in your business. And so we had to kind of break down the walls a little bit and let people in and and not in like giving them all the details, but just like, where are we going with things? Like what is happening? Well, and I think it just goes back to like you and I know what's happening. So we're just like, okay, go make this thing be done with it. But they're like, I don't see where this thing fits into the greater puzzle. And so realizing that we need to share the end game and the bird's eye view and the overall strategy, and then it empowers that person to then make decisions on their own and chime in with greater feedback that we maybe missed. And we're starting to see that shift happen. And I I really like it. So Kylie's feedback scared me a little bit. She said many entrepreneurs end up hiring a CEO for their business, the business they started because vision isn't their strong suit. And I was like, 
Oh, heck no. <laughs> and it's not, it's not that I don't think it's right for some people to do that. No, no, no. But I think for us, it would be a massively huge mistake. I think the way that I've interpreted that for us would be like if we were to hire a coach, you know, and help us picture something that maybe we haven't been able to grasp fully or like get assistance on a specific thing to like help push us to that level. But like, I can dream big. Like I can vision just fine. Like I know where this ship is headed. But again, that's because we know the type of business person we are. I know so many of y'all are like, oh my God, calling myself the CEO makes me like sweat stain my shirt. So I think just knowing that that is an option for you to bring someone on to kind of help you with that bigger picture, like that's okay to do. That was just, as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, not us. So Wendy started talking about some very specific things and her messaging and this article she wrote, which hopefully we can get you guys a link to in the show notes, probably hit home to me the most. And she had specifically had a lot of experience. And this is where I feel like resources for the creative industry are lacking. Like, Everyone is so new that I'm like, where's the person who's been around since the dawn of the internet? Like the internet's not that old. So like, who has been down this road? So Wendy was like, I've been doing this for 20 years. I was like, I'm listening. (laughs) And she's worked with CEOs of companies and the 1 million to 30 million in revenue range. So I'm like, okay, so scaling, I'm all about it. Um, so here's where she believes a CEO should spend his or her time. And this is Wendy Menard, by the way, I feel like I should give her credit for this. (laughs) So she's talked about evangelizing and stewarding the mission values and vision of your company. Like the word evangelizing is still like, I'm still trying to figure out what that means for us. But like, I love it. Like, I'm all about it. Basically, make everyone feel like they're in a cult and get everyone to join it. I mean, kind of. The cult without the cult mentality. Anyway. I don't give anyone any Kool-Aid. Oh, no, no. No Kool-Aid. No. Although we did do hashtag TCC goats. So if you know what I'm talking about. Anyway. So looking over the horizon at both the internal and external competitive landscapes, opportunities for expansion, customers, markets, new industry developments, trend standards, and so forth. So here's where I think I love spending my time. And this is different than I feel like a lot of people take this and go sparkly squirrel on it because things pop up in your industry all the time. Like Vero was here today and literally gone the next. (laughs) Okay. The same thing happened with what was it? Anchor that Mm -hmm. podcast app. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just not what it was like made out to be. Well, and I think like you and I spent, you know, almost our entire call with Parker last time talking about stuff like this or not Parker, I'm sorry, the coach call that we had a couple weeks ago of like, okay, but what else are we doing? What else are we offering our audience? What else are we creating something? Are we offering something? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So I think our issue here and something we discussed with that particular woman was we And this is amazing, but also scary. We have achieved more in our business than either of us 
really ever imagined we would in the beginning. And so we keep dreaming, but like we're trying to catch up mentally to where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. So like dreaming bigger is hard and scary because we had like decades of like best case scenario. This is what my life looks like. Well, and someone says the word expansion and I'm like, nah, not for us. But I'm like, okay, but is it not? Or am I just like scared saying that it's not? Exactly. And so like at some points I've been like, grow the team, grow the team. And then I felt like our company hurt because of that. And then it was like, well, maybe we did it too fast. And I don't know. So it's, this is the part where there's the most out side feedback on there's the most information and you have to interpret and set the standard for your business and it's hard so the next one setting and implementing strategic goals and initiatives to move your company forward in a way that aligns with your mission values and vision well hard like but i feel like that's exactly where we're at right now of like we're truly in the season of work smarter not harder And that's our vision. That's our value. And we're trying to implement that. And this is the part. The next one is the one Emily hates. Uh, I'm out. I'm 100% out. This This is where I'm like, you play that CEO role. I don't want any part of it. Uh -uh. So, and it's hard when, when there's two of you and one of you doesn't want to do it. Like you feel like you're wasting your time because the other person resents it so much. Anyway, what I'm saying is... Creating and nurturing nurturing relationships with referrers, influencers, and partners who will further the interests of your company's strategic goals. Because uh, that says two things to me. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, partners who will further the interests of your companies. Like, fuck partners. We've already decided we're not bringing anyone else. There's no more third wheel. That's just us. But I don't, I don't think partners in this instance means people to run your company. I think they're like strategic partners like an affiliate relationship that's really aligned so like as long as we're everyone's on the same page about that which i know you know my feelings about that so we're good but like and then the other thing it brings up for me is like we did not rely on anyone to get us to where we are now so fuck that for the future like i'm out like me myself and i and you 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 and you and that's all that's it that's it. That's my boss. It's hard. Well, and I think part of this is I feel like we've been burned a couple times oh, with like relationships. <laughs> and it's not something we've talked about. Am I bitter about it? Does it sound like it? <laughs> it's not something we've publicly talked about very often because we we're not bitches, but <laughs> I mean I am, but yeah. I ain't so, about that like that type I mean, of gossip life. It's hard, like creating relationships that truly are in the best interest of your growth rather than trying to be, quote, friends with competitors. Like there's a big difference. We have we have made one strategic relationship that's benefited our growth well, as a per, like a person on both sides of the fence. We have, I think we have a few good relationships with companies that are affiliates, um, but one other brand or person besides those anyway. So expanding that has been something like we've hesitated on after this massive, whatever it was. So moving on. Well, and so what that looks like for me, like our big hesitation on that is like, do we go speak at places? It's why we're not actively exploring conferences. It's why we're not like 
traveling. That's why we're not doing a bunch of things. And so like, just because we're like living in that awkward stage, like it affects a lot of things of, you know, not getting in front of those type of people. So, so we're still we're speaking, we're speaking twice this year so far. And I, I will have, I just have to shout out to blog pause because I am just so excited. Like I talked about my dog. I talk about it all the time, but like it's for like Instagram animal influencers and I'm pumped. Anyway, side note, let's see what's next meeting with senior leadership to guide their actions and help them manage people, operations and offerings. This Check. Like, I feel like we're very good at this. And probably the only thing I feel like on this list that I'm like, got it. Well, maybe the next thing. Setting and monitoring your key performance indicators. KPIs, guys. I think we probably need to do a whole episode on KPIs, especially as we investigate more of them, because I feel like we brought to light a lot of numbers stuff for y'all, but this is like a whole nother level. So it's not just revenue and profit, like that's a big part of it, but like, what's your conversion rate on this particular product on this particular webinar, like those sort of things. And this is definitely my job. Like, out of all of these, like that's that's what I'm doing now. It's what I want to do more of and I'm still exploring and learning. But that's my role for sure. So one of the things or a couple of the things that she brought up as problems in this article she wrote, I want to talk about really quick. They're big. So CEOs, when you do too much in your company and you don't let go... Here are the other problems you're causing. So this was my major wake-up call. When I read this a couple months ago, I was like, okay. (laughs) Number one, you prevent your people from growing into the positions for which you hired them. Oh, we've 100% blocked, like straight up cock blocked them from their position. (laughs) Now, this one is scary, and I feel like we've talked about it recently, but... We'll talk about it. You are limiting your ability to exit the company. Okay. I want to talk about that for a second. So, A, TCC is not going anywhere. Like, everyone who just get calm your tits, everything's fine. I, to Wendy's, one of her last points, which is what Abby's talking about now, is considering your exit strategy now and shape the company to achieve that goal, even if it's decades away. And I will add, even if you never want to exit. So one of the books that were recommended when I also asked this question in another group that I'm in was a book called Built to Sell. And I have called it the sellable business before on this podcast, and that is not a book. Uh, It is called Built to Sell. So correction corner on that. It's on Amazon. It's awesome. It provided so much insight um, into how to kind of set up and establish your company and your role within that company your team, what you offer, etc. And I highly recommend it for a lot of people, even if you never, ever, ever want to sell your company, but it's getting like, it's that's the job of built to sell, like you're making your company built to sell is to empower. I just joined empower and employee in one word. You are empowered. (laughs) Empower your employees or team members to fulfill the role that they were hired for, right? 
and like give you an amazing like day to day, right? Of, of everything you've worked hard for up until now, giving you really good clarity on a lot of that. So I, this is a great opportunity for people to think about big companies they admire that have been potentially purchased, if that makes sense. So like they, they may have never sold the company, but there was offers on the table. So I guarantee you someone tried to buy Facebook at some point. Instagram was purchased by Facebook. Twitter, Apple, Google, like let's think about, let's think big here. These companies, although there is a face to many of them, like you know leadership within these companies, even though they're massive, like Tim Cook's your BFF, like like, let's be honest, okay? But like they're not crucial to their business running at all. Like... I mean, would it affect sales potentially because they've been around for so long? Like when Steve Jobs died, like it was a big deal, but it didn't mean Apple crashed and burned. I mean, someone stepped up and took charge and took leadership. And so even if like you're the thing you're selling, which I feel like that's kind of what we are like we sell ourselves a lot like it's what we say it's what we it's what's in our heads that doesn't mean that like we can't create our courses in a way that at some point if someone else wanted to sell them they wouldn't work see i i'm in the set like i've asked myself that question of like okay do we like build our company and build trainings in the sense of where like these people hop on webinars and teach something that sells, you know, our Trello course or whatever. Right. And I'm like, okay, it could be doable for sure. But in the sense of how our business is set up anyways, where we can, we can already make money in our sleep, the product already sells itself. Then let's just perfect that funnel, that system, getting more people in automatically to buy the thing whether it's us chiming in like on a video or whatever, that piece doesn't matter. Like I think if, if we continue to build a company that only sells live, everyone's going to get burnout. But if we instead build a company that sells like through strategic like m- maps of channels of people, then you got something. Funnels and all the things. Well, and the thing that we've struggled with, and we're going to do a whole episode on it, so don't you even worry your little booties, is specifically around the idea of automating things. We've thought, okay, we'll just hire an expert and they're going to do it. (laughs) Or, and then we fired them and then we, we did it ourselves and it's still not 100%. But technically speaking, someone else could set up a funnel and sell our stuff. Theoretically, there's things in place that that is a possibility. But it's really hard, especially when you have no intentions of ever leaving. And no intentions of going away. But like, Emily and I are having like this dreaded meeting with a lawyer about what happens if one of us dies. And like, I know that sounds crazy. But like, if one of us dies, is the company set up in a way that the other person could also exit and we could sell the business and there would still be money. Like not yet, not, not now, not right now, but we need it. And it's not set up to where if one of us dies, the other person could then just be like, okay, I'm just the face of TCC. I'd still, I still don't think that would work. I think that would work better than the other option, but it'd be like, 
Yeah, but one of us would just hold up like a stick version of the other person (laughs) forever. No, but it's, I mean, it's a hard question. And like, obviously, it's particularly hard because there's two of us and two personalities and all these things. But again, I'm going to go back to what she said. If you are doing too much in your business, you are limiting your ability to exit the company. So eventually, I am not saying right now, I'm not even saying in the next five years, but for you, you need to slowly be letting go of things and have other people do them for you. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I know we're like, this is a long episode, but I want to wrap up on this thought from our friend Katie Hunt. She chimed in and said, you know what? It's funny. I put myself in the CEO seat this past year, which is exactly what we did. And now she wants to go back into the trenches into this year, which is exactly what we did. So part of our team journey that that we haven't really mentioned yet is like the team exploded and then we let go of half of our team a couple months ago. And so refining our strategies, refining where we were putting energy, taking stuff back onto our plates because we either miss doing it or realize that when we do it, it's done like a thousand times faster and better. So until we can perfect a process, we need to take it back on. And recognizing that of taking kind of like two steps forward and one step back is just part of the process. And so it's interesting. It's interesting to hear that other people take stuff back on at least. Yeah. But I want to challenge us to be very careful about what those things are. Oh, no, 100%. And there's still stuff I want to continue to take off, like a 1000%. But I think what both of us started to see was that we started to feel too far removed from our audience, where the sales were happening, and like what was going on. And that can't that to me cannot happen again. So whether that be we just need better briefings from the person who was doing that role. You know what I mean? Or like better data and like it, different meetings and different communications. Like there, it's to say there's a lot of stuff that was not working. It wasn't just the, that we weren't doing it, but we need to be in it. Yeah. And I, all of this is a personal decision. Like you get to decide what that role is. You own the dang thing. Okay. So there are things other people have said to us and we're like, heck to the nod, that is not happening. There's things people have said to us that I'm like, that's really interesting. And I need to like sit on that, investigate it and maybe read a book about it. But this isn't something you decide overnight and then it just happens. Like evolving into this role, especially if like you started much like us from zero with zero funding, Like we didn't go out and get people to sponsor us or to give us angel investing. Like we grew it from the ground up with grit and grace and determination and a lot of crying and a lot of wine. I actually don't drink wine. I don't know why I said that. It's true. So I hope you can sit on this and learn a few things and absorb a few things and think strategically about where you want to grow and go as a leader inside your own company. And if you have any insight, like we would love to hear your feedback on what you think a CEO should be doing and what what are the things you are personally working on. So feel free to pop in the group and give us your feedback over at thinkcreativecollective.com slash community. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op. 
our Creative Template Shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.